It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. Recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au and whatever podcasting app you choose to use. And don't forget you can also follow us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. My name is Kay Wenigal and today I'm joined by my co-hosts Laura Perry and Michael Steindl. Morning Kay. Morning Kay. Today we'll be talking to Alex Gregg, who is a registered New Zealand architect with Greenhouse Architects. His eco-architectural journey started in his early teens and has evolved into helping pioneer a pathway towards a more sustainable and regenerative architecture. Alex has worked in architecture since 1985 in Canada and New Zealand, joining the Building Biology and Ecology Institute in 1990 he began pioneering sustainable architecture in New Zealand, giving many talks and workshops around the country and designing dozens of homes. In 2000, he was made director of the New Zealand BBB, BBE, Building Biology and Ecology Institute, and it's a position that he still holds. With over 30 years in architecture in the building industry, Alex annually contributes to the design of what he calls so, so-called happy and healthier homes, about 25 of them per year around New Zealand. He's also taught eco-architecture workshops in New Zealand for 15 years and more recently in India where he's an architect partner with Pridwe Institute in India for the new International Eco-Architecture School. As well, he was recently appointed Australasian distributor for Green Magic Homes. And these are attractive structures which are made of fibre-reinforced polymer modules which are durable, flexible and waterproof. And we'll be talking about them a little bit later on. Good morning, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Kay. Good to That's have you on board great, all, all the way from New Zealand. Great to be here. Good. That's right. Good old, good old Kiwis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can't have enough of them. <laughs> You're well into your day already, aren't you, Alex? Yeah, we've just finished um, morning tea, so this is a great time to chat about eco-architecture. <laughs> well, we're, de- we're delighted to have you on. Thank you. And you started at a very early age in this industry or with that sort of concept in mind, didn't you? Yeah, well, growing, growing up in uh, Frostbitten, Canada, you get to understand and appreciate. The first, first thing that I, that I discovered around early teens, around 14 years old, that the south side of uh, the house that I, was, that I grew up in uh, was brick veneer. So, of course, that heated up with the sun and it was well above zero. I touched the brick and it was very warm. And that was my, my first idea of, wow, this is, this is cool. How, how come we can't actually bring this kind of thermal mass inside the house and, um, and uh, you know, let that uh, absorb the heat, help, uh, as, um, you know, help heat the home? Where the north side of the house, facing towards the cold, chilly North Pole, of which my mum used to use the back porch as a, as a freezer, <laughs> uh, when when the when the fridge was full, um, was all uh, was open, uh, you know, big ranch sliders out to the backyard per se. So the front of the house that faced the street, because that was the norm to keep it kind of closed up a little bit and, and have that uh, appearance to the street, 
um, got all the sun, the backyard with all the big red sliders and that didn't get any sun, lost all the heat out in the back. Uh, yeah, the, the, that was my first uh, starting point in the solar architecture. And uh, we went on to study in, in Canada uh, with, a, with a polytech, actually, that uh, concentrated on the, the passive solar design. I learned a lot about mechanical engineering uh, and, yes. and transferring, transferring heat around and uh, <laughs> storing for days in, in, in rock bins, of which there's uh, quite a few homes around the North America you know, doing that sort of thing. And, and eventually went on to uh, finish my architecture training in, in, in New Zealand, which is my country of birth. Oh, okay. Even though so I've got a, you were born in New Zealand Canadian. and then went over to Canada. Yeah, even mm-hmm. though I've got a slight Canadian uh, twang. You do, mm-hmm. you do. Going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Canada, and that's really smart of you when you were very young to notice that um, the south side heated up the house and the north side cooled it, whereas here in the southern hemisphere it's the exact opposite, isn't it? That's the north side mm-hmm. that you're always looking to orientate your house completely. Yeah, and it's a, it is incredibly... Interesting that uh, like you know, eighty uh, percent or, or so of all subdivisions, all ur- urban modern subdivisions that are built, are designed around maximizing the amount of um, return in regard to the amount of properties that can be subdivided and, and developed on, rather than the simple thing of of, of orientation. Mm-hmm. And the same thing that happened when I was a kid. You know, the 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 house was presented to the street. Uh, you know, with the garage door and the and the, and the smaller, possibly smaller windows, is is exactly what happens here. The uh, and and in Australia, that uh, the majority of houses on new subdivisions, if they were just oriented properly towards the sun, mm-hmm. uh, automatically save twenty to thirty or even more percent of their of their annual heating bills. And it really just doesn't... just on that simple thing. Yeah, exactly. And would it matter that? How they've been subdivided, if they even paid attention to that? Well, I, I, I think with just a little bit more care in, in the planning of subdivisions, that we could easily create, create a wonderful, uh, wonderful environments and private spaces, even if they they were, as you say, uh, you know, facing the street as, as well. So you, you, you know, the first thing is just. Uh, you know, the simple thing is orientation, and many solar designers that uh, give talks around the planet, and, and me too, we, we talk about, uh, you know, the cat. If we just, um, you know, cat always goes towards a nice sunny spot <laughs> in the house. Follow the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the cat. If we can just be as intelligent as a little cat, we would be, uh, you know, 30% less energy around, uh, you know, in, in the... In the in the areas of the planet, so planet that actually requires uh, heating, it would be you know thirty, thirty or so percent better off just in orientation. So, so just in orientation, that would be the case, and mm. then once you've established that and are able to take that into account, what do you do then? Do you go into um, optimizing the thermal envelope of the? building or what's the next step in terms of design yes orient orientation uh next one is uh insulation and uh these are pretty much equals as well orientation insulation air tightness is just so is just so important but um you know that's the other thing that i discovered in the 70s that uh we we understood air air tightness but uh we didn't understand the biology biology side of um an eco house per se, and uh, you know, back then we were just rampant and creating 
uh, more economic uh, economic uh, homes, so affordable. And uh, with that, we didn't pay attention to the increased levels of formaldehyde and 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 so on that we were using in our building products, the manufactured ones, um, you know, the plywoods, uh, the um, dense, uh, medium density, uh, low density fiberboard, so on. And so we created uh, an airtight house that was also a lot more toxic. And keeping and it all in for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with that, uh, North America, uh, you know, where we where we experience well well below zero, it usually comes with central heating. So the central heating always uh, has a percentage of uh, air coming from outside, as well. Uh, but in, in in New Zealand, and you know, I think the same in southern uh, Australia. The if we have an airtight house, we can also have a uh, a much more damp house in mm-hmm. inside, especially in the winter, because uh, we we are very reluctant to open up the windows because all the heat just uh, escapes out. Mm-hmm. So the idea of a heat exchange ventilator is uh, very important, really, in a, in, a, in a modern architecture. It's really the the lungs to a house. I think that's what um, Dakin now have with the air conditioning unit, don't they? The the latest one, so that they actually bring in air from outside to um, regulate the the air conditions inside. Great. Yeah, there's just um, so much happening in this, uh, in everything, really, mm. that uh, even the, you know, even even myself, I lose track of uh, who's doing what. So that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Are there any um, particular so, types of insulation that you think are better than... Or that have just come on the market that are worth considering? Well, it's interesting. I was asked uh, in the 90s, I was asked to do um, to design a vegetarian house. Aha! <laughs> how, how does one do that? I went, yay, man, this is good. I do. I am known for my pioneering uh, endeavors, and this this really is a good one, I said to myself quietly. <laughs> Let's do a vegetarian house. And the, the main thing was... Um, you know, not not using animal products. So the idea of insulation, when we come across that subject, was around uh, you know going back to the fiberglass as a as a man-made product rather than the what, what was uh, in competition with the fiberglass then. In, in regard to more purest eco stuff, is the wool. And being a country of 65 million sheep and 4 million people, it makes uh, sense to use wool as an insulation. <laughs> and we were going to stay uh, right away from the sheep, Derek. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, I'm also allergic to wool. I can, if I cuddle up to a wool blanket or a wool jersey, I start sneezing my head oh, off. Nice. So the the vegetarian house uh, makes sense. So what's come come out of the you know woodwork or the brickwork, if we're talking architecture, is uh, polyester insulation. So 100% polyester, of which uh, a lot of the wool manu- wool insulation manufacturers also use about 20% polyester to keep the uh, wool insulation actually uh, buoyant and uh, lofty, because mm-hmm. wool has a tendency uh, over the years to sag a little, a little pinch. Same, same as uh, the fiberglass, as we've found in many demolition uh, uh, buildings in Christchurch, where the fiberglass is, is, is sagged 25% down, down a wall, the upper, upper part not, not, not being insulated at all anymore from, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so high-density polyester is what we are very much um, condoning, um, recommending. Yep. But uh, even this uh, new high-density polyester that's coming out is uh, actually, uh, if you put your hand up against a styrofoam cup, 
or a, or a styrofoam chili bin, you can no- notice that your hand actually gets warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, more yeah. or less. Because, because so it insulates it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the same thing happens with the high-density uh, polyester up against a, a stud. Is, uh, it, it increases the thermal uh, efficiency of the, of the st- stud, more or less, and renders in live testing situations that we've... Uh, not the BBE, but others have done in New Zealand, uh, zero, zero uh, thermal bridging. So, you know, the audience here listening might be aware of, uh, in our values, thermal resistance values, there's two ideas. There's one is um, the thermal resistance uh, of the insulation, of the thickness of the insulation, mm-hmm. and there's also the thermal resistance of the, of the frame that the insulation sits in. And the frame is always less than the insulation because it's a lot of steel homes are, are, are chronically um, conductive, and uh, the, you know the timber is way less R value than the, than, the, than the insulation. So, overall, if you have an R value of two for your for your wall in regard to your insulation, the actual live uh, value is something like 1.7, a bit lower because of 10% loss of thermal bridging through the studs. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, so with this polyester high density, it reverses that. So you get actually. Um, Instead of a two, you get a two point oh five or something, but no thermal, no thermal bridging. Wonderful. Now, for those of you that have uh, just joined us, uh, you're listening to the Beyond Zero Emissions Show, and we're talking with Alex Gregg, a New Zealand ac- architect. Uh, we're discussing sustainable housing design. Uh, currently, talking about insulation. Alex, I wanted to ask what kind of role you see like lighter coloured roofs playing to reflect heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely the. I've actually, yeah, definitely the the the, the white and the and the lighter colored roofs will uh, reflect. There was an argument on on CO two, and I've I've lost track of where that uh, where that went. You know what roof what roof color, like a lighter color versus a dark color, mm. is better is better for um, you know CO two. If we, it sounds logical. If we can reflect the um, light back, back out more or less, uh, there would be less heat gained on the on the planet. Mm. So the lighter coloured mm. roof would be logically better. Would you guys agree on that one? Yeah. There is a worldwide in movement for that, um, particularly in America, the white roof movement. Yeah, 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 yeah that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love, I love that. Hey, eh? the the small house movement, the white roof movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, but you know, for for many many times, 1990, I designed my first uh, earth covered home mm-hmm. for myself. Uh, it was a beautiful beautiful little design. But always in in the many many uh, earth covered houses that I've uh, designed, we we tend to cut back on 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 money because money becomes uh, you know doing an earth covered house. You know the the walls need to be stronger, the footings need to be bigger. Costs just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, so they always get cut back to maybe a little earth-covered front porch, <laughs> which is more of a token. <laughs> and then, and 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 then, in my in my journeys, I came across uh, just uh, late last year the the green magic homes, and uh, you know the fiberglass reinforced polymer um, kit set uh, modules that we can bolt together. Only six mils thick, so it's a very little. Buckminster would be very Buckminster Fuller would mm-hmm. be very happy with uh, with that. Yep. Uh, very light building, and um, you know we can cover that completely uh, in in earth. 
and uh, now I now I get to yeah now I get to live rather than having the white roof. Yeah, the green. So it's not a white roof. It's a green roof. So it doesn't answer the question of uh, reflecting, um, you know, the light back back off, but um, and therefore lowering heat, uh, you know, inside the planet uh, a small degree. But it it does. It then gets back to um, a different type of insulation for the roof. And different types of building materials, and how does that fit in with what we were just discussing? Yeah, well, with regard to uh, just the purest uh, architecture, the first uh, all houses, uh, traditional houses that aren't earth earth uh, sheltered houses, uh, doesn't matter how fantastic they are in regard to ecology and and so on, uh, they will still be taking from. The local ecology, with you know, uh, excavating the soil under the house or under the big building. So having an earth-covered house puts that soil back on top. So it kind of like finishes the equation of a, of a purest uh, eco house. Yeah. You know, a purest eco house really should all be earth-covered. So we, you know, what 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 ground we take away, we we give it back. Mm. So the thing, yeah. in regard to insulation, and earth is uh, more of a thermal mass than an insulator, especially when it's wet. Uh, it just sucks the heat away. So in the colder climates, the GMH uh, homes will be will be insulated, with mm. insulated as well. And we're using a, a, a no a no CFC foam insulation. Mm. So it's as green as a green as a foam insulation can can get. Mm. Alex, um, Michael, um, I hadn't heard about these green magic homes before. Can you um, paint a picture for us of? of how they work, how they're um, physically structured and, and what they look like. Um, is it like a hobbit home? or? It is. They look really cute, I have to say. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Question, question answered already <laughs> with, with great, with great, uh, with great passion. Detail. They look, so, so they, what, look, they look very, very cute. Yeah. What, what's involved in, in someone building one of these? Um, are they brought in prefabricated um, and then earth put over there's a there's a couple of couple of options. There's uh, three three levels to the to the height up to the apex of the dome, and this provides uh, small modules that you know, two people can carry each each module quite uh, quite easily into the building site, uh, and bigger modules. You know, we can do a two level two level module as well. It sounds kind of mm-hmm. kind of complicated, but anyway, mm-hmm. they're 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 very modular so that. Your small pieces can be handled by uh, lay people after the site specific stuff. So after you've got the foundations down, that's required to be uh, your builder and engineer checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the foundations for the house. So after the concrete slab is down, basically it's a DIY from there. Wow. So the home, the homeowner, friends, family can just come in and um, apply the uh, ad- adhesive sealant to the joints and bolt the house together. And then um, they can actually get uh, certified to put on the uh, the international Sika black seal. That's a, a, that's a post waterproofing. Even though the GMH uh, FRP is uh, 100% waterproof in itself, um, just to increase the, the the life of that, we're putting another coat of uh, waterproofing yes, over yeah. top. So, um, sorry and to then, uh, and, interrupt and, yep. you, Alex. Could you just step back a minute and explain to our listeners and me what GMHFRP is? Did you just say? The GMH is obviously the yeah, Green Magic Green Homes. Green Magic Homes, yep. Green Magic Homes, yep. And what was the other so, one? FRP. Out, out of, 
FRP is a fiberglass reinforced polymer. Uh-huh. So FRP panels have been used uh, for a long time, since uh, before the 60s, as a, way to, as, a, as a prefab houses. And also prefab, they put uh, fiberglass both sides and uh, inside styrofoam, uh, uh, foam, styrofoam insulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for uh, they use that for you know canoes, yachts. It's used a lot in the boating mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. rampant. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, it is basically in in uh, short form. Uh, if you think of a, a FRP panel yacht, is turning the yacht over and living inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And would a surfboard be that, Alex? Uh, surfboards also used, uh, use uh, fiberglass. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. And because That's of right. the and, uh, dome shape, that would give it its structural strength too, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. The dome shape is, uh, is critical. But also it works in synergy with the, with the earth berming, like um, you know, berming as in uh, like the buttresses on, a, on the side of a church. Mm-hmm. That hold the dome, the the dome top in place. Yeah. So the same thing. We have uh, the earth uh, cascading down from the top of the dome, uh, and that uh, helps the lateral support uh, in, a, in a buttress way. Hmm. And how do you run the services, yeah. like the electrical and water? There's yeah, Gustavo who Santander who who uh, developed the system from the uh, United States and, and Colombia. He's, um, he's developed a, a, a chase, more or less, uh, on the outside of the FRP panels that um, houses uh, electrical cable. Uh, all the plumbing can be designed to be uh, sorted on internal walls. So the ones that we're doing so far in, um, in New Zealand are the internal walls will, will house the plumbing uh, and they will be timber walls with uh, the standard uh, jib board or the likes of magrock or even an, uh, an earth clay plaster of both sides. Okay. Mm. Have you got some of these up in New Zealand already? We're, we're just, uh, this all kicked off uh, late last year. So we're uh, just getting the first building consent, which is very exciting. The mm-hmm. council here in Wellington City, are uh, right behind us to build the first show home, which is a 300 square meter, uh, uh, completely earth covered, completely autonomous in regard to water and uh, electricity. We're using the the, the new um, uh, hybrid plug-in car as a as a power dump from the uh, wind and, and solar. When the, when the batteries are fully charged, we charge up the car. Mm-hmm. Um, home up in uh, just north of Wellington. So we're planning to build that in April. I'm off to visit the factory to see how the uh, order is going uh, next week. And, and so the factory is actually in a uh, FRP uh, site and uh, manufacturing site in uh, Cancun, Mexico. Mm. And uh, then we start building in middle of May, early June. Excavation starts at the end of uh, this this month, just after Easter. And so, yeah. Yeah. And Alex, uh, for people who are um, like looking to build new homes, but maybe not a green magic home, for example, um, what, yep. what type of materials? You've already mentioned a couple, but um, what other materials should people be using and looking for to make their homes healthier, happier, more cost-effective to run? Uh, and what are they trying to achieve in this as far as, yeah, comfortability? Yeah, well, 
we've had we've had a lot of uh, a lot of talk over the over the recent years about uh, energy, and uh, we're moving into talking about saving a lot of water as well because of the municipal water supplies uh, being being stressed with uh, urban urban growth and population growth. And um, you know now the the new thing and and not really the new thing, but uh, it's going to be more popular as a, as a subject to talk about is the carbon zero house. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, so the or even carbon negative house, a carbon sequestering house. Well, this is the so, Beyond Zero Emissions show, so good. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's a good place to to get to, and and really with that, it uh, it works so well for the uh, for the owner builder too. So that's the you know the common materials there are you know wood. So wood grows in a twenty eight year cycle compared to. Uh, are uh, you know fossil fuels that are millions of years, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, of sequestering millions of years ago, and now we're dumping it all out again. Mm-hmm. And then the next, next best thing is like uh, uh, straw, straw bale. Mm-hmm. So we're big advocates of straw bale. We're big. That, ad- I thought you were going to go that way with your vegetarian house, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was just a subject on insulation. <laughs> but straw, exactly, uh, works works very well. As a vegetarian house and a very thermally efficient uh, carbon uh, negative carbon house, as mm. a carbon sink. Just about run out of time now, unfortunately. It's been fascinating yeah. talking about all these issues with you. Where uh, can our listeners yeah, what, find out more information about today's discussion? Yeah, at the uh, BBE www.bbe.org.nz uh, website at mm-hmm. the greenhouse architects.co.nz website but most uh, most important as a closing note is to everyone have um, have fun and um, and uh, create a, a very much um, enjoyable place to live beyond <laughs> beyond beyond worrying beyond worrying too much about mm. how much carbon you're sequestering that's, that's and, a beyond good worrying, and, and beyond worrying too much about um, you know how much uh, energy you're saving uh, steps along the way. Good, good note to finish on, Alex. Thank and you very much for your time today. We should just You're mention very that, welcome. Yeah, that that house is H A U S in honour of the uh, German origins of the Training Institute. So Green House with an H A U S. The Beyond Zero thank Show. Thank you very is, much. Thank you, Alex. Thanks. The Beyond Zero Show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions Think Tank Beyond Zero Emissions. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we have done, then you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks. It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pumped hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Did you miss the latest episode of your favourite 3CR show? Visit 3CR's new improved website. Now you can listen to the latest episode of almost every 3CR show with one click, including music, arts, community languages, current affairs and more. No need to podcast, no need to download. Visit 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. 
then go to your favourite programs page to listen.